Hello, and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of Harvest Church here in Elk Grove. We're excited to have you join us as we share God's message of hope and love. Each week, we bring you a new message from our pastors and guest speakers designed to inspire, uplift your spirits, and challenge you. Whether you're listening on your commute, at home, or on a walk, we hope these messages will bring you closer to God and help you on your faith journey. So without further ado, let's listen in. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence, God, and we thank you that you are with us and for us. Lord, we invite you into the room at Harvest Church at 10385 East Stockton Boulevard. We want our lives to be changed and transformed by your presence. And so, God, we allow you to to rest and to sit and to come and dwell with us. God, would you anoint your servant for this message for such a time as this. And, Lord, I pray that you would take the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth that they may be pleasing in your sight. And all of God's people said aloud, amen. Amen and amen. Well, before I get started this morning, I have to get something off my heart. I, I, I want to make a confession before you this morning. And I don't want you to think different of me because of this confession. It's just something I have to do. I have to get this out. But I want you to know that there have been times where my wife has engaged me in conversation or wanted to engage me in conversation where I really wasn't paying attention. Oh, some of you guys are confessing right now too by the laugh I see. I see that. Okay, I see you. There have been times where my wife is wanting to engage me in conversation and I'm physically there in the room, but I'm really not really there. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know how I know that I wasn't really there? Because my wife will tell me, hey, you're not really here. I'm talking. You're not listening. Hey, 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 snap out of it. I need you to listen to what I'm saying. And in those moments, I'm like, baby, listen, I'm listening. I totally know what you're saying. Baby, I am listening. (laughs) And my wife will tell me perhaps the most terrifying words that every single husband in the room will be able to identify with. And husbands, as I begin to say these words, I need you to say these words out loud with me once you realize what I'm about to say. But my wife will say, oh yeah? Well, if you're listening, what did I just say? Oh man, there's confessions going on all over the room. Uh, 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 Terry, I see your daughter looking at you like, dad, that's you, dad, that's you. Listen, I was in the room. I was physically there, but I really was not there. My presence was there. I was there. My my presence was there, but my wife was not experiencing all or my full presence. In the same way, I need you to understand that God's presence is in the room, but not everyone is experiencing his full presence. And I want you to know that God wants us to experience more of his presence. That's his plan. It's his purpose. That is his will for our life, that we would continually seek to experience the presence of God. Harvest Church, we don't, we don't need more information about God. We need more experiences in the presence of God. 
Information is everywhere. You can go home today, get on your uh, get on your laptop or your computer. You can begin to do research on anything you want to do research on, and you will find the information that you're seeking because information is everywhere. You can get on your smartphone this morning. You can begin to Google the answers that you want to look up, and you will find the answers you are seeking because the answers are everywhere. There's information everywhere. There are more sermons available to you today than at any other time throughout the entire history of mankind. And, and I want you to know you can go on to podcasts, you can go on to Facebook, Instagram, the internet, YouTube, and you can find a sermon. Today, you can download the Bible. It's available everywhere. Everyone, There's copies enough for everyone. People will give you a free Bible if you want one. You could download it onto your smartphone. Millions of people have downloaded the Bible app. If you've downloaded the Bible app, go ahead and raise your hand this morning. It's almost 100% in here. Information is everywhere. Bibles are everywhere. Sermons are everywhere. And yet, we are experiencing the most biblically illiterate culture that we have ever experienced throughout the history of man. We have to get past just information. It's not enough to just read about God. We have to have an experience in the presence of God. There's information everywhere, but very little transformation. Ooh, say that, Pastor Gary. Hey, information is everywhere, but very little transformation. It has to go from informational to transformational. It has to go from information to experience. We have to experience the presence of God. If you want to be a better spouse, you don't need another seminar on how to become a better husband. You need an experience. If you want to become a better parent, you don't need another book on how to become a better parent. You need an experience. You want to change your language and you want to stop cussing? You need an experience. You want to do better at work? You need an experience. You want to get off drugs and alcohol addiction? You need an experience. Listen, you want to get off drugs and alcohol, you don't need another 12-step program on how to have more peace in the presence of God. You need to have an experience with the Prince of Peace. It's what will change everything. You need an experience. And so today, I want to show us some biblical examples that will help us to know how to have more of the presence of God in our life. Psalm 22 and verse 3 says, Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. That word enthroned means that God will sit, that God will rest, that God will live, that God will inhabit the praises of his people. It means that he will manifest his presence on those who praise the Lord. It is one of the key ways that we experience more of the presence of God because if we learn how to praise and worship God, we will be able to have more of the omnipresence and the manifest presence of God. I have heard these questions before. Pastor Gary, so are you saying that it is possible to attract more of the presence of God at some times than other times in our life? 
Pastor Gary, are you saying that it is possible to attract more of the presence of God in our life at some locations than at other locations? Because isn't the presence of God everywhere at all times? And I want you to know, yes, God's presence is everywhere at all times, but there is a difference between the omnipresence of God, which is everywhere at all times, and the manifest presence of God, which shows up at specific times, in specific locations, for specific tasks. There's a difference. The omnipresence of God explains how God can be everywhere all of the time. Jeremiah 23 verse 24 says, can anyone hide from me in a secret place? And of course, we all know the answer to that. We all know, no, we can't hide from the presence of God, but here's why. Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and the earth? And here we see that God is saying, it is impossible for you to go anywhere where my presence is not already there. Proverbs 15 and verse 3 says, The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and on the good. God sees everything that happens at all times. Why? Because God is everywhere at all times. The word, oh, and this is so important. Because God's presence is everywhere at all times, we know that the omnipresence exists. But I want you to know that the omnipresence of God can exist without us even acknowledging or even knowing that God's presence is there. But God wants us to go from experiencing the omnipresence of God to experiencing the manifest presence of God. The word manifest simply means to make clear and to make obvious. And so when God enters the room and shows up with his presence, you will know it because he's going to make it obvious and he's going to make it clear. You will know that God has just entered the room and that God has just shifted the atmosphere and the spirit. You're going to know that God has just caused something different to take place in the location in which you are at, at the time in which you are at for a specific purpose that God is calling you to do something. The omnipresence of God can exist without our awareness, but the manifest presence of God cannot. There is a big difference between being able to say that God is everywhere and that God is right here. And I want us to see some scriptures where the manifest presence of God shows up in such a clear way, such an obvious way, that everyone there knows that God has just shown up. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 2 says, There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within the bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. We know that God's presence is everywhere at all times. But here, God shows up with his manifest presence. And as a result, Moses is able to experience not just that God is everywhere, but that God is right here. Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 1, it says... When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, location. Suddenly, the sound like a blowing violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. These people experienced the manifest presence of God that filled the entire upper room. And they were able to say not just that God is everywhere, but that God is right here. Acts chapter 4 verse 31 says, After they prayed... The place where they 
they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. You see, the early disciples of the early church experienced more of the presence of God, and they were able to not just say that God is everywhere, but that God is right here. And aren't you glad that you're a part of a church where we don't just walk into service, and we don't just show up and mark some kind of cute box that says we're at church. We don't just come into the presence of the Lord and say, yes, God, we know that you're everywhere, but aren't you glad you're a part of a church where we say, God is right here. God, you are resting. God, you are living. God, you are dwelling. God, you are enthroned. God, you're inhabiting the praises of your people. And one of the greatest differences between the omnipresence of God and the manifest presence of God is that there are no conditions to experiencing the, 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 the omnipresence of God, but not so with the manifest presence of God. You see, the omnipresence of God doesn't need our awareness. God is everywhere at all times. Why? Because he's God. We don't have to acknowledge it. It's just who he is. It's, 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 it's in his nature to be everywhere at all times. But not so with the presence of God. There are conditions to experiencing the manifest presence of God. In other words, there are things that we can do to attract and to invite the presence of the Lord into our life. And this should be good news for every single one of us because almost every single time in the Bible where God shows up with his manifest presence, he's showing up as a direct result of what the people of God are doing. And so because people are fasting and praying, because people are pressing in, because people of God are doing something, God's presence shows up with his manifest presence. And God doesn't just want us to hope for some kind of upper room experience. He wants us to know exactly how to experience his manifest presence. He wants us to know how to grow in his presence. He wants us to be transformed in his presence. He wants us to be changed in his presence. He wants us to be different in his presence because in his presence is fullness of joy. And in his presence, everything in our life can begin to change because it's all about experiencing the manifest presence of God in our life. James chapter 4 verse 8 says this. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. This is a very conditional verse. He says, if you draw near to me, then I will draw near to you. He says, wash your hands, purify your hearts, turn from your wicked ways, then I will draw near to you. And up to the age of 17, I had never experienced the presence of the Lord in my life. I had never experienced the manifest presence of God in my life. I can tell you, I used to have a belief that God existed, but I had never experienced being able to feel the presence of God in my life. I remember two of my friends invited me to come to church. And by the way, that church happened to be Harvest Church. This is the only church I've ever known. It's the only church I've ever been to. I mean, yes, I've gone to conferences and seminars, but this is the only church I have ever been a part of, Harvest Church. I remember walking into the building, and I remember thinking, whoa, something is different in here. I didn't know what it was at the time. The music began, and I began to sing with the music. And I didn't even, I, I, I say it like that on purpose because I didn't know it was called worship. 
I had no clue. I was such a newbie. I was so new. I had no reference points for the things of God. I came into this place and I began to sing and I began to sense the presence of the Lord even more and more. And by the time the pastor was done preaching, Pastor Scott Hagen, our former pastor, he says, I want to I want to throw an invitation out. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, I want to pray a prayer with you. And, and that day, I prayed the prayer where I invited Jesus Christ into my life. And for the first time in my life, I felt the presence of God. For the first time in my life, I felt the forgiveness that comes from the Holy Spirit. For the first time in my life, I felt his presence and I felt his love. I felt his salvation. I felt that there was something different in the room. You want to know why? Because I drew near to God. And as a result, God drew near to me. And if you're in this place and you want to experience more of the presence of God, let me encourage you, draw near to God because then he will draw near to you. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Again, the verse that I opened with was Psalm 22, verse 3, and it says, yet You are wholly enthroned on the praises of Israel. Pastor Gary, I want to experience more of the presence of God in my life. Then know this, that the... That the, that the Lord will inhabit the praises of his people. And so when you press into worship, when you begin to praise and worship God, that he will sit, he will dwell, he will live, he will rest, he will manifest his presence upon you because it's all about the presence of God. That's why if we want more of God's presence in our life, if we want more of God's presence in our family, we want more of God's presence in our marriage, we want more of God's presence in our workplaces, we want more of God's presence in our school. And if we want more of God's presence in our church, we're going to have to learn to worship and God to worship and praise God the way that he wants to be worshiped because he manifests his presence on the praises of his people. And that should be good news for us today because nearly every single time where God manifests his presence is due because his people are doing something to attract the presence of the Lord. Say a loud amen. Amen. I love this dialogue between God and Moses found in Exodus chapter 33, starting at verse 14. It says, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. I want you to notice something here. How many of you need rest? How many of you need more rest? Man, Pastor Greg, I go to sleep at night, but I don't have enough rest. Let me show you a key. Get in his presence. Get in my presence. My my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with me, do not send us from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? Now watch this. He says, what else will distinguish me and your people from the rest of the people on the face of the planet. And Moses is letting us in on the one spiritual key that will distinguish you and me from every other people group on the face of the planet. You want to know what that is? It's his presence. His presence will distinguish you from every other people group on this this planet. Oh, I don't want to preach without his presence. I don't want to be a pastor without his presence. I don't want to be in ministry without his presence. I don't want to be a husband without his presence. I don't want to be a dad without his presence. I don't want to go to work without his presence. I don't want to do anything without his presence because 
because it's the one thing that changes everything. It's not my creativity. It's not my education. It's not my personality. It's not anything other than the presence of God that changes everything. Praise and worship will invite the presence of God in our lives. And I want to give you eight biblical ways to praise and worship God so that we will encounter more of the manifest presence of God in our life. Number one. Number one is this. By standing. First Chronicles 23 verse 30 says, They were also to stand every morning to thank and praise the Lord. They were to do the same in the evening. Exodus 33 and verse 10. Whenever the people saw that the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped each at the entrance of their tent. Now know this, it is customary to stand whenever a dignitary enters the room. If someone important enters the room, Everyone normally stands. In fact, every single court proceeding takes place like this. A bailiff will grab the mic and he'll say, everyone rise, the honorable Judge Judy now presiding. Hey, Judge Judy, Judge Judy. (laughs) Whenever a dignitary shows up, everyone rises. Why? Because we show honor and respect to that person because of their position. Well, in the same way, how much more should we show honor and respect by standing in the presence of the Lord, if you're able, than to honor him, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, our great God, the one that gave us our salvation. How much more should we stand in the presence of God? If we stand for man and if we stand for other people, how much more should we stand in the presence of God today? Number two, the second way to praise and worship God is by singing. Psalm 33 and verse 3 says, Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. Psalm 95 and verse 1 says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Now, I know what some of you might be thinking. You might be thinking, Pastor Gary, I don't know if God really wants to hear my singing. I mean, Pastor Gary, you haven't heard me sing. (laughs) I want you to know God doesn't care how good you sound. God just wants you to sing to him. Hey, if you cannot sing, join the club. There's many of us who cannot sing. But I want to let you in on something. There are times when I'm going through something tough in my life, and all I begin to do is I begin to sing because then his presence falls over my life. There's times where I'm going through something tough, and I'll just say, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Come on, if you've been through something, I want to hear you sing. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. He's a way maker, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. He's a way maker, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 
there's some other people that have been through things. Watch this now. There's times when I'm going through something so hard, and I'll tell my wife, I'll say, hey, baby, I need you to actually sing with me. Now, babe, you didn't know I was going to do it. We didn't do this. We didn't do this in the other service. But I need you to stand, and I need you to sing that song. Like, girl, come on, let's hear you sing. Belt it out. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. presence of God you're going through something tough oh just begin to sing we may not sound that good but I'm telling you what you will get the attention of the Holy Spirit all over your life come on give him praise this morning man girl sang girl sang you sang that you sang that number three the third way to praise and worship God is by clapping Psalm 47 and verse 1, it says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. The Bible says that one of the ways that we worship God is by clapping our hands. Now, if as parents we go to an assembly and see our children get awards for something good that they did, guess what we do after they get the award? We're like, ah. We stand up, and my baby! That's my, that's my baby right there. We, we get all excited. We start clapping. Guess what happens? What do we do after a couple gets married, after you see them kiss? At first, you're like, hey. no, okay. The, the couple gets married, and guess what we do next? We clap our hands. Well, how much more should we clap our hands in the presence of God? He's worthy to be praised. Come on, how many hand clappers do we have in the house today? Come on, Jesus deserves our praise. Come on, give him the best clap offering of the day today. Number four, the fourth way to praise and worship God is by shouting. Oh, man, some of you guys are beating me to the punch, y'all. You guys are responding so good. We read these two verses earlier just two points ago, but I want to read them again. Psalm 33 verse 3 says, Sing to the Lord a new song, play skillfully, and shout for joy. Psalm 95 verse 1 says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Now, Pastor Gary... I got to be honest with you. I don't know if shouting is for me because I'm too educated and I'm too dignified and I am just too much important for that. I'm just too reserved to be able to shout. I mean, it's just not in my personality to lean towards the way of shouting. It's just not who I am. It's just not in my nature, Pastor Gary. And okay, okay, I got you, I got you. But if your favorite football team were to win the Super Bowl, hey, come on, 49ers, 
brother Al Roulette. Come on, Dallas Cowboys. No, don't even shout for that. Dallas Cowboys ain't gonna win no Super Bowl. Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest, everybody. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, Pastor Gary, I just don't know if I can shout out loud. It's just not, I'm just not into sport and I'm not into those types of things. Okay, all right, all right, all right. If I were to ask you to go outside with me right after service, and if I were to get the key to a brand new 2024, over $200,000 in a Mercedes, the top of the line with the heated seats, and when you back up, the beers pivot down so you don't hit the curb, trying to back up into spaces, and we the one with a nice Bose system in it, and the one with all the fit, oh man, if I were to say, hey, Come outside, I have a key, and this key belongs to you. And I paid the taxes on it. I, I'm going to give you some money under the table so that you can, you don't have to even get taxed above it. I, I'm going to give you the key, and the pink slip is in the glove compartment. Guess what that person would begin to do? They would get up, and they'd be shouting. They'd be like, yeah, I've been wanting a car like this my entire life. Listen, I'm just trying to say that when Jesus died on the cross for you, I'm just trying to say that when he bore all the sins on his life, I'm just trying to say that when Jesus died and he bore all of his iniquity and transgressions upon your, his back, I'm just trying to say that when he traded death and gave you everlasting life, I'm just trying to say that when you woke up this morning in your right mind, I'm just trying to say that when you're able to put food on the table for your family, I'm just trying to say that when things are going crazy around you and God comes through, I'm just trying to say that when you drive, when you drove the church this morning, your car started. I'm just trying to say that when you get back home today and you're able to turn on the lights because you had the finances to be able to turn on the lights, I'm just trying to say we ought to be able to shout in the presence of the Lord because he's worthy, because he deserves it, because he's good, because it's in his nature. If he doesn't do anything for me ever again, oh, I ought to be able to shout in the presence of the Lord. Listen, I'm just trying to teach you how to attract and how to invite the presence of God in your life. It's the one thing that will change everything. The fifth way to praise and worship God is by dancing. Psalm 149 verse 3 says, Let them praise his name with dancing. And make music to him with tambourine and harp. Sometimes we just ought to cut a step for Jesus. I'm just saying some of you, y'all, some of you guys used to cut a step for Jesus in the club. Some of you guys used to cut a step for Jesus at the bar. 
Some of you guys used to cut a step for Jesus at those crazy parties you used to go to. Well, what about Jesus? Jesus deserves to be able to, we ought to be able to cut a step for Jesus. Man, there's times where I'm worshiping and I'm praising, and I just start, Waymaker, miracle worker. Now, all I got is the one-two step. This is all I got. This, this is all you're going to get from Pastor Gary, okay? This is it right here. Hey, hey, I'm dancing. I'm dancing. This is all I got. I don't got nothing else for you. I can't break dance. I can't do the robot. I can't. You, you, you know what? You know what I'm saying? Hey, Carlos, you used to do the robot. Bro, 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 you got to stand up and do the robot real quick. Bro, real quick. Real quick. You got to show people. They're going to think I'm lying. He said no. He said no. Okay, that's all right. That's all right. We ought to be able to cut a step for Jesus. Now, look, there have been times where I have been in service and, 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 and worship is popping. I mean, worship is amazing. I'll look over at Miss at Dolores McBride. Dolores, raise your hand right here. Raise your hand. Come on, girl. Girl. Uh-oh, she's about to show. Hey, show them your dance, girl. Show them your dance. Yeah. Yeah. There have been times where I'm in worship and I look over at Miss Dolores and she's like this. She's like. She is going for it. She's doing what appears to be the gritty. The gritty is what the young, it's a, it's, a, it's a newer dance. The young people know how to do the gritty. I'm just saying, sometimes we ought to be able to cut a step for Jesus. If, if Miss Dolores was just a little bit younger, I imagine that Miss Dolores would be doing the gritty. She'd be like. this message I got on YouTube and I was like, I got to learn how to do the gritty in front of people. Hey, we ought to be able to dance before the Lord. Come on, somebody. The sixth way to praise and worship God is by bowing and kneeling. Man, I'm out of breath. <laughs> Pastor Gary, you can't see very well, so you need glasses. Pastor Gary, you're balding, and now you're out of breath. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Psalm 95, verse 6 says this. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Second Chronicles 29, 29. When the offerings were finished, the king and everyone else present with him knelt down and worshiped. One of the ways that we worship our God is by bowing and kneeling in his presence. Do you know that when we bow and when we kneel before God, that what we are saying is that we recognize that he is greater than us, that he's greater than, our, than the things that we're going through, that he's greater than our problems and our issues. When we bow before the Lord, this is the universal sign that shows the Lord that he is greater than we are. That we're submitting to his, his lordship and who he is. It's just one of the ways that we worship and praise the Lord. Number seven, the seventh way, and if the worship team can come. Seventh way to praise and worship God is by lifting our hands. Psalm 63 verse 4 says, I will praise you as long as I live. 
and in your name I will lift up my hands. Psalm 140, 134 verse 2 says, Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. And so when we come to church, if you've ever wondered, why are people standing? Why are people singing? Why are people lifting their hands? The reason why is because one of the greatest ways that we could worship and praise our God is by lifting our hands in his presence. Do you know that when my children were younger, even before they were even able to speak, if they got hurt, you know what they would do? They would run up to me and they would go, (laughs) as if to say, Daddy, hold me. Papa, rescue me. Papa, help me. Papa, show me that you love me. Papa, wrap your arms around me. And when we get into the presence of the Lord, and when we raise our hands in his name, what we are saying is, Papa, hold me. Papa, rescue me. Papa, help me. Papa, wrap your arms of love around me. Do you recognize and realize that the universal signal of surrender is this. And when Jesus went all the way to the cross for you, when we're able to come into his presence and just show him, Lord, I surrender to you. I submit my will to yours. God, hold me. Rescue me. In Jesus' name, say amen. Amen. Number eight and final. This is the last way I'm going to teach you today to praise and worship God, to invite his presence, his manifest presence in our life. And it's by this, by the playing of instruments. Psalm 50, starting at verse one says, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for the acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings. And come on, Jonathan, let me hear you praise him. Praise him with the resounding symbols. Come on, Emmanuel. Let me hear you. Hey, now here comes our part. Now, unless you are dignified and too good to do this, what I'd like for you to do is go ahead and stand with me this morning if you're able to. And I want you to get ready to do your part. And here comes your part. The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Come on. We Come on, and you believe that? Say a loud amen. 
Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. We pray that today's message has touched your heart and encouraged your spirit. We believe that the Word of God has the power to transform our lives and inspire us to be better versions of ourselves. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more inspirational messages. Until next time, may the good Lord bless you. And we look forward to seeing you at one of our weekend services and sharing with you once again next week.